this is the art of discussing where everyone is committed to having discussions with people sharing different points of view while respecting the person expressing them. We're your hosts. I'm Ben. And I'm Kate. And we're excited that you've joined us. Let's get to this week's episode. Welcome back to The Art of Discussing. I'm Kate, one of your hosts. And I'm Ben. And we are here talking about the economy and job numbers, always a fun topic. We covered inflation last year when it started really like ramping up. And now we're kind of talking, what are we looking at for 2023? But specifically grounded inside of what are the numbers that just came out in January for uh, the U.S. And then it sounds like we're going to be also going a little bit more into the global GDP and the overall global market outlooks as well. So, Ben, I know we had over, I believe it said 500,000 jobs um, created in the month of January. Do you want to take a little bit of that and tell us a little more about that? Yeah, so uh, the Department of U.S. Department of Labor um, released their employment situation summary, their labor statistics this Friday. And what what is kind of seems like a little bit of a surprise is that 517, the total non-farm payroll employment has risen by half a million, right at uh, 517,000. Uh, in January. Um, total unemployment rate uh, was little changed, it said, at 3.4%. And uh, job growth was widespread, lane by, led by mainly gains in leisure and hospitality, uh, professional uh, and business services, and healthcare. So, And that unemployment uh, and- rate, if I remember what I was reading correctly, Supposedly hasn't been that low, according to a couple of places I've read since 1969. Yep, that's what it said. Seems a little unbelievable to me. I didn't realize that had been the case. Yeah. Um, So that's, I mean, what what I'm seeing also looking online, just, you know, using the Google machine was uh, it seemed to be quite the surprise for most people. Expectations probably hovered around 200,000, maybe an increase uh, in jobs for January, 185 to 200,000, somewhere in that kind of range. And so it exceeded expectations according to those projections. Um, But yeah, uh, it's unemployment's down so far. I know, um, as you and I were kind of talking, you know, in the moments before we we've uh, started recording, I'm wondering, you know, a lot, and as uh, maybe our listeners are as well. You know, we we hear a lot of a lot of the tech companies were were had massive layoffs in December and even in January, if I could remember correctly. It sounded like anywhere from ten to maybe. Uh, 18, somewhere in that range, thousand people were were being laid off of tech companies. But this uh, employment situation that that is released by the Department of Labor 
does a pretty good job of breaking up the like employment sectors from healthcare, government, construction, manufacturing, uh, so on and so forth, he- you know, all across it and, and saying where there were some gains, losses. Um, it's possible that we're not seeing those tech impacts to unemployment, perhaps due to whatever sort of uh, golden parachutes or severance packages that they had for the people let go. So um, maybe that's something that we'll see in future months. I also thought as you're talking, I was thinking about trying to find the numbers. So the professional and business services um, and that in January, according to that source, um, it led by gains in professional, scientific and technical services. So I wonder if if there was a layoff in the tech sector, if it would fall under that category. And if so, there's still maybe there's still gains because there it's such a large general category versus having its own tech category. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's possible. Or uh, that is, they didn't get technically if you're severanced, maybe they're still technically on payroll, but they're not going for unemployment yet to your point for severance packages and stuff like that potentially too. Right. Yeah. There's, um, I also see a category that uh, it does say, yeah, professional business services, 82. I think that's what you're looking mm-hmm. at. 82,000. 82,000 um, led that sector is led by gains in professional, scientific and technical gains uh, for 41,000. So um it may be an overall reflecting, even though those companies had losses overall, the sector, you know, did, did well. Yeah. So or they or haven't those been people reflected went somewhere yet. and they, you know, perhaps maybe they got in to At tech a jobs, mm-hmm. hopefully relatively quickly. Um, fingers crossed for those, those people. Um, okay. Uh, and that's one thing we wanted to cover is just the release of this report that comes out uh, pretty much monthly. And we also wanted to cover uh, another economic indicator uh, for the economy is the consumer price index, which can, can we just say yeah. this report, though, first, um, if you wanted to get more detail about like age, race, when it comes to unemployment or gains in jobs, not just sector, it, it's actually a very detailed, not fancy, It's but it's very detailed uh, uh, release, a report. So um, if you're interested to see that, it goes over more than just sector. Yeah, it seems like uh, it comes off of, you know, your pretty run-of-the-mill dot matrix printer. <laughs> Uh, look it up, Gen Z, uh, <laughs> or or uh, a teletype, um, mm-hmm. if you will. Uh, it's it's just bare bones is what I'm, what I'm saying. It's not really written in uh, any sort of fancy HTML programming language with a, a lot of bells and whistles. So, uh, but it has it, a lot of detail broken down by uh, separated by a lot of demographics. Yeah. So. A uh, pretty good uh, tool to uh, for economic facts from from the Bureau of Labor. 
So you'll find that in our show notes or at bls.gov. So there you go. Um, the consumer price index, uh, which is another indicator of, as we talked about in our uh, inflation episode, is an indicator on inflation and kind of how much is you know being affected by us. And it, it kind of also goes off of year over year, how much wages are increasing, right? Like to offset it. But really this time around, we're seeing the compute, the, excuse me, the consumer price index. It looks like it is dropped uh, 0.1%, which in my humble opinion, facts, it has gone down um, and not by much. But um as I, I do love my facts, I will just say it is decreased by 0.1%, but it is um, up year over year by 6, 6.5%. Let's see here. Let me pull it up. And it looks like for all items, right? And in major categories, all items over for food, it is up 10.4%. The consumer price index for selected categories and in energy, it is 7.3%. And all items, less food and energy, we'll talk about that in a second, it is 5.7%. And as much as I love my unwatered you know, statistics and, and facts, uh, I really don't know why. I, if anybody knows, uh, please feel free to comment or or send us an email because I would love to know why all items less food and energy is included in something that is considered the consumer price index. What it does have the effect of doing is lowering the number, mm -hmm. right? So that number, uh, if all items are 6.5% uh, and that's where you know, year over year, it is the less food and energy, it becomes 5.7%. So it kind of goes down, you know, about 0.8%. And I really don't see the logic in why uh, the if it's a consumer price index, right? So that's like you, me, Kate, you know, everybody else out there. I eat food. Kate, do you eat food? I do eat food. Okay. I'm, I'm sure my family eats food. Um, I don't know anybody not eating food. So I would like to know who these consumers are, right? That we're adjusting the price index for them because they don't eat food, nor use energy. So um, my robot uh, consumers out there, if they're not eating food, I'm still going to go out on a limb and say that they're consuming energy, right? Right. Um, I don't want to be robotist yeah. of, of anybody. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I don't know why we would take out both food and energy. So if anybody out there uh, listening can think of what the logic is in that, please share. I would love to hear your thoughts on that. Outside of that, you'll see the um, highest is food the highest increase at 10.4 um so that's that's pretty crazy uh going on so just uh, to I, just to summarize really quick you're saying 
historically, based on the history, it's gone up, but short term, the CPI from like month to month has stabilized and or decreased by what was it, 0.05 or point? Point one. So from December unquote, to January. Okay. So, so it's gone, quote unquote, down barely. So it's stabilized. We're not increasing uh, over the that month, let's say. But we're still higher than we've pre- previously historically been. And the highest inside of that is energy and food, which no matter if you are in a winter wonderland type area or, you know, a sunny type area, you're still going to feel that pinch inside of energy or food. Right. And maybe that's why they break it out. Maybe that's, I, I, I have no idea. I'm not an economist, but maybe they break it out for the purpose of like the things that are going to be the most impactful to the average person. Like the goods in that sense. I mean, it sounds logical. I don't know that it's actually accurate, but. That they took out food and. That they broke it into its own category compared to the, the five point, what was it? One or 7% that was all things outside of food and energy. Right. Right. So like in the report, I'm wondering if they're highlighting those because those are the ones that are probably the most impactful day to day for the average American. Yeah, they probably are. They probably are. I don't know. They're pretty impactful for me. I would be pretty (laughs) pretty upset if I didn't have food and or energy on a fairly consistent basis. Does that include gas for your car or is that just when it comes to energy? Like, when we're talking that type of energy, are we talking like a plug-in vehicle versus gas for your car vehicle, or is it just stuff to heat or cool your house, like electricity and gas? It does. It does include gas, actually. For your car. Yes. Or electricity for your car if you're plug-in. Right. Okay. Right. Um, if you go to, uh, I had it pulled up. Um, and now I don't have I don't have it uh, quick at hand, but there is also on the Bureau of Labor Statistics um, there is a section where they break out the energy. They actually have it. Uh, you could you could see all the prices that they're referring to in the consumer price index. Okay. So they break it out by uh, category. So energy. Um, they break it down to energy and then you can see everything that they're talking about. And so they can, they actually show gas as part of that. Yeah. So, um, so really that's, uh, where we, that's the consumer price index. So that's an indicator of while it has, as Kate kind of noted, uh, stabilized at a, decrease in 0.1% from December to January, it's still, uh, we're still in a high inflation situation. And we're kind of, you know, and the job situation is is getting better. Uh, So really, I guess the next question is, since this is, you know, we're just now coming out of January, we just started February. And, you know, 
the rest of 2023. What is it going to look like? What can we expect for 2023? Um, and really, uh, what are we looking at there? For our GDP, it's, I think, most by most accounts, um, it looks like we'll will either stay in a recession or skirt, like barely avoid a recession um, this year in 2023. And we'll have a rebuilding year. If this was a sports team, if to use a sports analogy, this is a rebuilding year for the United States. Um, and then we're looking to come back strong in 2024. Uh, Kate, you want to say anything more about, about uh, the outlook for the United States? No, I think you covered it. I What I was seeing is it was going to be a weakened economy. We're going to be a little weaker this year in 2023. Um, but compared to the outlook that the analysts were looking at in October for 2023, we're not as bad off as they thought we were going to be, but, uh, we may have a slight correction or recession quote unquote towards the end of the year. The, um, but that basically we're in the dip portion and, 2024 may not be like the bang up year we're hoping for, but at least we're starting to have that positive, you know, crawling back up to, um, up, you know, a positive outlook for the economy. Okay. When it comes, when it uh, comes to growth, when it comes to growth, the economy's growth. And so since we're talking about uh, GDP, which is uh, a measure of growth, economic growth for a country, gross domestic product, um, what does it look like for the rest of the world? Um, it looks from what we were looking at, and you have the numbers in front of you from what I was seeing, my interpretation is overall most are going to be stagnant or negative this year, except for certain countries, depending on what is happening in those countries. Um, and when I was looking at a um, JP Morgan situation, the uh, they were saying that China, I think it was them. Uh, I don't remember which one actually now that I'm thinking about it, but uh, one of one of the ones that I'll put in the show notes was saying that China and India are going to drive the uh, growth uh, moving forward now that China's reopened. Um, but for the most part, except for a couple of countries in Africa and which are having a great year potentially because of natural resources that they have that are being used for uh, in products. Um, the U.S. is supposed to be at 1.4% um, for the GDP, and um, but then you have other countries in Europe that are not even one, or they may be negative. So it looks like everyone is going to be a little bit tougher than we've had in the past, with the exceptions of those who are either going negative or those that are going, um, like, going to have a really great year. Um, when it comes to GDP. But Ben, do you want to talk a little bit more in detail? Uh, yeah. So 
just it it looks like we got some like like uh Kate mentioned in the show notes we have a couple of you know check out our show notes from the visualistcapitalist.com we got uh some pretty sweet graphics for both gdp growth and um which countries have the highest inflation um so we can take a look at those and kind of see where growth is happening and some some measure of pain is happening for uh, inflation. And uh, like Kate said, uh, China and India, which have massive economies, are, are looking to experience um, some, some pretty good gains in growth in GDP. China at 5.2% uh, projected and India at 6.1%. Um, again, Kate mentioned the United States is at one one point four, which is below where we uh, our year to year goal of two, you know, two to three percent, kind of keeping it right there. Uh, so that's less than we shoot for year over year. Uh, so it, like I said, it'll be a little rebuilding year for us and looking to hopefully come back strong. Uh, and get back at them. Uh, we'll be in the championship, World Economic Championship in uh, 2024. You know, we'll we'll make the playoffs, mm-hmm. uh, as as it were. So, just, uh, to, that's... just to correct Ben, so the the one that I mentioned earlier was not the JP articles IMF blog. So if you see that in the show notes, that's the one that was talking about China and India driving the growth in 2023. So I just wanted to make that clarification. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, that's about it or for our outlook on the, the economy for us and so far in 2023 and where we're, uh, projected to go this year. Uh, if you guys have any thoughts, comments, questions, comments, concerns, be sure to reach out to us at info at art And until then, keep discussing. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe, follow us on social media and check out our Patreon page. Leave us a review on your listening platform. If you like the podcast, if you haven't heard your viewpoint or would like to be a guest, email us at info at art of till next time. Remember there's more sides to the story than yours. Look, listen, and learn, and keep Keep discussing. discussing.